0: What have we here? Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas.
1: Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren.
2: I'm Jessica. And I'm Kismet Rose. Welcome
1: back to the show.
2: Yay! Yay! We're glad to have you back.
1: We're glad we can keep doing this and getting all these cool people to come on the podcast with us.
2: Yeah, it's super exciting. I couldn't wait to get on again,
1: mm-hmm. so thank you guys. Well, good. We're very excited to have you. We got a we got a really juicy topic for you this time.
3: Yeah, I think you're gonna be an, a really really good person to have for
2: this topic. I'm particularly excited about this one. Me too. I, I can't
3: wait.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> but I know
2: I know we had some other, uh, we you had some other. Communications, which I was also excited about. Mm
1: hmm. Um, See, so, uh, communications? Which one was that one?
2: Uh, the questions that you received.
3: Oh.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, there's some good stuff
3: in here.
1: We've got some stuff. They're really. Yeah. Much is... communication will be had today. We'll be rolling our communication podcasting test here in just a bit. Um, <laughs> of course, we had another poll on our social media. Uh, you, we uh, had uh, you folks vote for what you wanted to listen to and.
3: Boy did you choose. Boy did
1: you choose. It got a little steamy as I was second checking my social oh, media. Nah, because, nah, nah,
3: nah, nah.
1: because uh we were talking about <laughs> romance and rivalry.
3: Yay! Yay. And it won by like twenty points.
1: Yeah. It was Jeez, uh, Guys, once we stopped counting it's it was it was there was no there was no contest.
2: Yeah, y'all are big on the smooching. And the unsmooching.
1: Well, uh, mm-hmm.
2: The the unsmooching. That that is also a, a key there. Very important. But uh Actually, I found that a lot of gamers, uh, even if they don't know how to add romance to their games, they're very interested in it, and they'd like to know ways to, like, dip their toes into it, at least. Yeah.
0: Oh, and yeah. And
2: Dragon, Dragon Age, they're kind of used to it because of the video games. Yes. So I think they're expecting it in the uh, tabletop game. So this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: So we'll be getting into that in, in just a second. First, we have to talk about those uh, correspondences. Uh, we have no news for you this week in Thetis. We're still watching. Um, it, definitely check out the Knight Errant comic books, by the way. Uh, there's only one out right now, I think, so far. And uh, my, uh, when we went to it, I sat down at a game at a friend's house. Someone handed it to me, and I just kind of devoured the you whole thing. You read
3: that thing in way faster time than I've seen most people read many things.
1: I was very excited. It's very cool.
2: Wait, wait. Okay, for those of us who don't know about this, what is the Knight Errant comic
1: book? Oh, it's um, it's a brand, it's a brand new comic book series uh, about Dragon Age. It's supposed to take place, I think, uh, post Trespasser DLC from Dragon Age Inquisition, which Um, I haven't finished yet. uh... (laughs) Uh, Ah, you have to, so we can talk about it. It doesn't spoil anything about Trespasser. Mm. Oh, thank God. It's it's definitely something you gotta play. It gets you really excited for the next Dragon Age.
2: No, I I've heard and I've I've actually caught some spoilers which mm-hmm. have cut me a little bit, but not too bad. Uh, I've managed gotcha. to avoid most of it. Most of it okay, somehow. It's, but
1: right, you still gotta but, uh, be there for it because man, is it is it, is it uh, man, it I'm hurts. Get- I'm getting
2: there. I'm <laughs> getting there.
1: <I> promise <laughs> it is a
2: ride from start to finish.
3: It
1: really is. But I'm glad to
2: hear that there's a comic book that picks up afterwards. That's great.
1: Yeah, um, not specifically on like that timeline. It actually is doing its own little storyline uh, with uh, with new characters. Uh, we of course go right back to Kirkwall because that's where everybody needs to be.
0: <laughs>
2: Yay! <laughs> I. L- I love Kirkwall. I can't, I didn't think I ever would, but I really do. Mm-hmm. So okay. It's it's got a lot of
1: moving parts into it. Like the main character is a knight for as uh, a, a squire for a knight from Ferelden. The Inquisition gets in, is involved. The uh, uh, the legacy of te- of Knight Commander Meredith might be involved. It's yes, yeah. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. So far, uh, no, so far, it's 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 setting up a lot of uh, a lot of avenues. That I'm very ex- excited to see where they're gonna go.
2: Is it fan produced, or it's actually
1: made is... by uh, Dark Horse Comics? Um, oh, yeah. it's a f- oh wow, oh, yeah. a Great. It's, it's very official.
2: What's the art like? Uh, the art's pretty dang
1: good. It's it's I think that I don't know if they got the same artist that they did for um, previous Dragon Age comic books, but it's it's very solid. It's very clean. It's very well thought out. Wonderful.
2: Thank you, because, yeah, I hadn't heard about that myself, so I can't wait to check it out. Yeah. yeah. You and all it. the other listeners should go take a look. Mm-hmm. S- Seriously, everybody go buy it now.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let's do it.
2: Road trip. Let's do it. Woo! I'll go to the same comic book store. It'll be great.
0: Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, I I wish. Well, actually, we could do that online. It's not quite the it's same. It's not the same.
1: But... Right. We can crash some servers <laughs> if we want.
2: See, that that puts me
3: farther <laughs> away from getting my comic book. Yeah. fair
1: enough well uh, before I guess uh, before we uh, deal with comic books we should probably uh, talk about those correspondences and uh, consult a different kind of uh, book Uh, we'll consult that codex of ours you can ask me questions if you like I'm not sure why you'd want to but oh good thank you I'm going to regret this aren't I Welcome to the Codex. Uh, we got we've got a bit of a backlog of questions, so we are actually limiting the number of questions we've got this time around.
3: Yeah, and man, we uh, we tell you guys we have no questions once, and then all of a sudden, it's
1: like two, some of you send in two or three questions, I'll one of you sent in like five questions. Uh, we appreciate it very much, uh, but we uh, so this so this will keep us going for a couple episodes uh, to catch up on the backlog. So uh, if you do not hear your question on this episode, it will be coming later.
2: Mm-hmm. As, ask and ye shall receive.
1: Exactly.
2: And of course, if we ever get to a point
3: where we've just got too many questions, we can still try to answer them all on the forums as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. Or on email, on whatever way you decide to contact mm-hmm. us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or the blog. Or the we, blog. We got the blog. It's a great place you to answer questions. Just do a
3: questions. big old answer thing.
1: Yep. And you get back Ooh. on that thing. Got, got some ideas, make some organizations, more stat blocks, fun stuff. Um, but uh, we're going to go take those questions now. Uh, first question comes from our good friend, Andy Klosky. Through friend, our of the email. Podcast. friend of the podcast. We hope to have you on soon as well, Andy.
3: Yeah, we had a lot of fun with Hi, you, Andy.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Andy, your question was, what do you do to streamline speed-up stunt point usage? This seems to be a continual point of slowdown as people peruse their options, weigh their stunt points, and eventually make a decision. So... We wrote down uh, a couple of suggestions, and this is a very, definitely a very good question to ask because this is something that comes up uh, often, especially for folks who are new to the game. They pick up the game for the first time and they try it, and um, mm-hmm. especially if you've got the handouts, uh, and if you're, especially if people who like take the handouts that have all the stunts printed on them, and they've got a brand new player, and they and the player rolls up some stunt points, and you're like, here, pick one of these 38, oh, 38 options.
3: <laughs> good luck. Do it in the next 15 <laughs> seconds.
1: Do it now, <laughs> so it can. For some folks, it can get a little <laughs> overwhelming. So uh, we've got some suggestions to make it go just a little bit faster. Um, you can ask your players to write down, to read the stunts and write down some of the uh, character's favorite stunts, uh, so you have some stunts that the character uh, would perter- would prefer to pick if they've got options. Mm-hmm. Um, the the stat blocks for a lot of NPCs and monsters already do this, so it's it, it can add a little extra flavor to your character and. It can and it can also speed up the process, which everyone yeah. will thank you for. You'll
3: have a default. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm. Yes. Um, of course, we mentioned handouts. The, they can give the pissed uh, PCs a list uh, that they can memorize while they uh, play or while they wait for their turn.
3: Like we're level, no, no. we're level eighteen, and we still use the handouts.
1: Oh yeah.
2: I I, I like that you said they get pissed at the stunts. <laughs> it was a Freudian slip, but I think it works. It, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Um, I Since uh, I've only run a couple, uh, a few uh, sessions of Dragon Age, I, ha- I have to say the handouts are a great help. Oh, yes, they are. And w- once you get used to them, you start to know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it takes less and less, or it should take less and less time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you can make marks, like if you have like just a, a copy of the handouts, mm-hmm. you can make your own marks on them so that... Okay, here's the ones my characters will probably use. Here's the ones they'll probably never use. Mm-hmm. Especially if everybody's and... got yeah,
1: their own copy of the handout. And uh, if I'm yes. not mistaken, the ones from the GM's kit uh, are dry erase.
2: Yeah, I-, I believe nice. they're laminated, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, i have definitely used a lot of dry erase on the uh, combat tracker. Uh, the, con- the initiative tracker <laughs> on the back of one of the pages. Oh, I
2: bet. Mm-hmm. It's helpful. I, uh, I use a Google Sheet. For all of that, okay. so I'm trying to go digital, but gotcha. I, I like I, I like the GM skin. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, it's nice. I also go digital for a lot of games, and uh, I actually have a program that I will use for initiatives to keep things moving. Oh yeah, but um, that's for a different game, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Another things you can do to ke- uh, keep things sped up is to, um, if the players look like they're kind of hemming and hawing about it, uh, you as a GM who's got the bird's eye view m- can give some suggestions. Uh, things that you think would sound cool and maybe even help describe it for them.
3: Yeah. That one tends to get us out of any uh, sort of little uh, quandaries that we get mm-hmm. ourselves into as regards to
2: standpoint.
1: Because mm-hmm. we still do it once in a while.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. uh, we don't there... want to mess it up.
2: There is the option of a timer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was a great option which you know you can give 15 seconds or 30 seconds if you're generous you can give like a minute Mm -hmm. and if you don't if the players don't decide within that time then their their points are gone yes so you need you want your stunt points so you better make a decision Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. makes it a bit more uh, natural too I think
2: yeah you'd you would you might want to start with a longer amount of time like start at a minute and then in a few sessions go to 30 seconds mm-hmm. when yeah. they should they, sh- they should be more familiar with the stunts uh, to try to speed it up over time so that players don't feel like they're being pressed too hard. Yes, mm-hmm. um, But I think that could work really well. Timers I mean, give, are... Give a, go ahead. Give a little bit of suspense, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. Timers
1: are a bit... It can, uh, especially to some players, seem a bit harsh uh, and seem a bit um, cattle prod-like. If you, if, mm-hmm. for an expression but it's mm-hmm. a very good thing to do if you've got a, lo- a large group of people if you've, your party's got like five or six people in it yeah. just giving everybody a time limit means that everyone's going to keep going because we got a long initiative to get yeah. through just
3: make sure that everybody knows at session zero that that's a thing that's going to happen Yes, because it's, that way they can sort of try to prepare for it and if you've mm-hmm. got people who are maybe not so good under pressure they can take the time to yeah. get to know what they need to know and come and talk to you if they're like okay so I freak out when I'm on a time limit what do we do?
1: Right. Um, especially if you have a new group of players, uh, maybe it's a, probably a good idea to stick to the combat and spell stunts until they seem to be getting faster at selecting them, and then slowly integrating the stunts from the role-playing and exploration side of things, or mm-hmm. even if, you know, even like the spell expertise stunts. Because there's a lot of stunts to choose from, and uh, having just handing them the whole thing and given them the combat, spell, role-play, exploration stunts uh, they, some, they some players will probably be like, well, what kind of gems are waiting in the in the role-playing or exploration stunts that we can use in the combat scenario? So maybe I should look through these really quick.
0: Bomb
1: Maw. Bomb be- mot sure. is always a good one. No matter what Every encounter time. it is.
0: Because
3: everybody <laughs> should get to snark whenever they want. It's Dragon Age.
1: Come on.
2: <laughs> Swooping is bad.
3: Exactly. Swooping is everybody, bad.
1: Everybody gets one of those. That was Alistair rolling at rolling stunt points and using Bomb Maw.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Let's see. Um, of course, if the group is just taking too much time uh, and deliberating too long, you can just cut off some stunt tables just to keep things going. But that's that's probably something you should hold for like a, a very difficult situation if the players are just not getting it. If it's mm-hmm. just not working out, Banhammer's got to come down sometimes.
2: Well, and it as players, if you can get a hold of the stunts and you can read through them yes. and maybe... Cr- create your own way of like either memorizing them Mm -hmm. or at least having a good idea of what they do on the fly then none of that is really necessary it's true you're prepared yeah so so that that's the ideal you know what i mean Hmm.
1: we kind of have a uh Memorization for one of the stunts. We never forget it because we always shout it to the heavens whenever someone uses it. We get really excited
2: when
3: anybody gets five stunts on a combat uh, roll Uh because um, back when we were starting out, we like every time some, especially me, every time I used uh, like tried to hit with that stick, I would get five stunt points. I would get a lethal blow and then I would kill the thing, which was very weird because I have a zero strength, but. Now at this point, whenever anybody gets five stunt points in combat, it's almost inevitable that someone's going to go, Lee, Thul,
0: th- th- Blow! Just and around the table. Just,
3: Chorus It's of everywhere. Voices. It's everywhere. So stuff like that is well, a good way to remember what you're
2: doing. That's a fun way to memorize any kind of stunt. That's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just
3: shout it at the table. That's
1: what I'm yep. doing. Shout it straight
3: yes. to the heavens, I mean. Oh, yeah. Forgo the table but and shout at Your to lethal men. blow
1: is the lethal blow that will pierce the heavens. Who do you think we are?
3: We don't, people without a <laughs> copyright for that show.
1: They're right, yeah, I do. Just saying. So, um, references to absolutely nothing aside, uh, we can probably keep on going on. Uh, uh, Andy, thank you again for the question. It's a, it's a really good one, and it's definitely something that folks are going to have to think about at least once in their game. So, thank you mm-hmm. so much.
3: Thank you much. Uh, Thank you.
1: Next question comes from PNP gamer through our email. and um, so you had I believe a couple questions and this uh, this time we had your question was um, few of my players have shown a few of my players have shown interest after meeting a few to join the gray wardens, especially the apostate. Oh dear.
3: Oh boy, uh, I mean I can <laughs> see the appeal.
1: Considering how easy or brutal the joining would be, what is the best way to handle that? The book does mention three ways to handle it and I can see good and bad in each of them. Which, should, uh, which one should be the one that I present to the PCs, or is there a way to give the PCs a sense of dread during the joining without actually putting them into too much risk? So uh, page 259 of the core rulebook includes a sidebar, the joining ritual. Uh, there are three methods of joining, uh, all of which are listed with benefits and pitfalls. Um, players uh it is in chapter 11 which is secrets of thetis we recommend that you not read that chapter because it's got some things that if you know how they work it takes some of the mystique and some of the dread out of
0: them
1: right it it's got some it's got secrets things that normal people of thetis don't know so um do yourself a favor and don't read it uh gms of course are going to have to know how it works um and for those of you in the know uh the first choice that they give you we think is the most solid choice um But there are some ways you can make it more nerve-wracking without necessarily having to roll a lot of dice or maybe roll out way too many dice. Um, We got a couple ideas and most of these are out out of the game, but they can definitely help add a little bit of atmosphere. Um, You can ask the PCs to roll their dice, uh, take a long look at their rolls, uh, ask for their totals, quietly write down the results, maybe look at one of the player's a little worried maybe shake your head a bit (laughs) take take your time recording the results and be that kind of person. be that kind of person yeah maybe open a crack open the rule book to just like double check uh what's going on um you can (laughs) you can play some suspenseful music while the joining takes place and things with some long uh like violin strings um violin stings is what i mean yeah. Um, you can use dialogue from the video games to make it sound more official. Like um, Duncan and Alistair recite a couple of words that are said before most joinings. Uh, Join us, brothers and sisters. That that little that spiel. Thing. Um, <laughs>
2: you should definitely do that. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely
1: mm-hmm. do that. It adds a lot of gravitas to the situation, and it's it's very it's very good. Yeah,
3: I do like the idea of uh, you know <laughs> check their whether before or after you check their rolls. Maybe right before they roll like oh do you do you guys have your backup characters ready do you do you know who you're going to play if this goes <laughs> if this goes south because and of course depending on what which option you pick that may be a very real and important consideration
1: for your players to have taken yeah, or maybe you know may, uh, maybe there's no reason mm-hmm. for it you just want be... maybe you just want to mess with them or if you want to be really cruel about it after you've got the players uh, they roll their <laughs> dice and you wrote down some results you kind of give them a bit of side eye and Maybe, like, uh, whisper an apology into the GM screen. Call for a food break.
0: <laughs> we'll be
3: back after these important messages.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is your child in mortal peril? Find out after the game. Uh, Tonight at 11. Uh, <laughs> I,
2: I actually have an in-game suggestion. Oh, yes. For for how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes from, comes from Origins, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, it can help to have... The, uh, the people who are looking to do the joining be joined by some NPCs uh,
0: yeah.
2: and uh, yeah. have, have them go through some adventures together, have them get to oh. know each other and like or not like e- each other uh, and happened. then uh. you have the NPCs go first <sighs>
0: mm-hmm. and
2: you truly have it random whether the NPCs survive the joining or not
3: or you could just kill off the one they like the best. I mean, oh. if you want to be Dragon Age about it,
1: Myri. Still... Spoilers. <laughs> Myri. You
2: can't. You can't grieve your way into spoilers.
1: Oh, uh, that game came out like nine years ago, and I'm <laughs> okay, still even, grieving.
2: Even I finished that game, uh. and I, it takes me forever to finish a game. So. Oh man. Well, of Try- course, I'm
1: thinking about the Awakening DLC. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's it, it's the character who joins you right away, and she's like, "I've been wanting to be a Grey Warden since I was a kid." And, uh, and so that's this, how you knew you should yeah. have been. You oh yeah. Oh, I I, I kind of knew in the back of my head, but I just didn't want to believe.
2: Yes, but imagine if you had like a truly motley gr- crew of oh, joining aspirants. Oh. Imagine imagine if yeah, sh- maybe she didn't make it. However. The terrible criminal who was only j- joining because he it was that yeah. or a dungeon, uh, you know.
3: Of course, that person's gonna make it. Of course, it.
1: that jerk survives.
2: Maybe, maybe oh. not. Sure, the maybe dice. they all die. Mm.
1: Or and you know, if you want to tie it into th- today's episode, maybe you were starting to get a little sweet on one of the folks oh, who's doing no. the with you. Or maybe the yes. one who's starting a rivalry with you is the one who lives.
2: Yes. And you are so touched that you have to like go and learn about their life and learn about who else they pissed off or who else they were attached to <laughs> okay. and try to help, try to help them. Yeah. So that's the, oh, the in-game man. idea that I had for that. No, that's
1: good. I like it. I like it. It's, it's nice and painful. It's very Dragon Age.
2: Yes. I like it. Nice and painful is kind of the way I run.
1: I think that's the way I think to that's
2: appropriate to Dragon Age.
1: <laughs> so uh, PNP Gamer, thank you for the question. I hope that helps. Mm -hmm. Um, Next comes from Dean Barr uh, through our email. Thank you again, Dean Barr. Uh, uh, I think you had a couple questions for us, and this was us continuing (laughs) the series. Your question was, uh, to coin a a D&D phrase, attacks of opportunity. As far as I'm aware, there's no penalty for moving away from an opponent during combat. I realize this is probably to keep combat flowing smoothly, and it does kind of bother me. I have done historical reenactment for a number of years... Uh, and I know from experience that turning away from an opponent is irresistible an invitation for a spear-sword axe to the exposed side. Do you have any rules for movement during combat?
3: See, this is one that actually kind of bothered me as well when I started the game. Yeah, because especially
1: with us coming from Pathfinder. Yeah, I mean,
3: well, okay, Pathfinder comes with approximately 8,000 rules just printed on the cover. I mean, it's true. But, like, the, the, he's got a point. He that, does. You know, you it makes little sense to have people who are designed as your front line mm-hmm. if people can literally just walk through them.
1: It's very true. It's very true.
3: So I like the idea of adding a few things to sort of mm-hmm. make it reasonably difficult to just walk through an army and go kill the casters in the back.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and you actually called it out, it's probably left, it, that left that way so that it's simple. So that it's uh, kept str- um, easy. Uh, because that because adding a tax of opportunity come a mechanic like that does add quite does add quite a few questions that you have to answer um, and a lot of new stuff for your players to learn um, as you said Uh, but Mm -hmm. that being said if you'd like to incorporate them we do have a couple of suggestions Um, this is of course is these are more rules uh, for your players to learn so uh, if you want to keep it simple only, uh, only movement past an enemy provokes an AOO. Uh, a PC may perform an opposed dexterity, acrobatics, or initiative test to avoid the attack and continue. Uh, and you get your half your dexterity, minimum zero of AOOs per round. That's a really like uh, simple, cut and clean way to do it.
2: You did just say something, however, that might modify that. Yes. You you talked about a front line and mm-hmm. how the front line is supposed to defend the back the back characters. Mm-hmm. Yes. So maybe attacks of, if you wanted to really streamline it some more, attacks of opportunity only count against that front line. Uh, if you it. wanted, if you wanted to modify that and, mm-hmm. and still try to streamline
1: it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We, uh, so. We did have a couple of alternate ideas, um, like if you wanted to get lots of attacks of opportunity in, uh, and this can climb rather high, especially at later levels, as you can take a number of attacks of opportunity equal to your dexterity in a round. Uh, negative dexterity is counting as zero. Or uh, if you want to uh, bump up some uh, stats that haven't gotten a lot of love, you can use cunning or perception to determine the number of uh, attacks of opportunity that you get around, um, Or you could rule that everybody gets only one per round. Uh, and at your option, you could also limit uh, it to a number of AOOs per encounter to make each swing count more as the fight begins to drag on and the heroes become tired and sluggish and can't take those bonus swings.
3: The downside to that one is it's more homework for the GM. It is. You uh, have
1: to keep
3: track of everybody's AOs.
1: It's true, uh, especially if you've everybody's got a lot of AOs, then uh, like you know AOs per dexterity, cunning, or perception, then. All of, your, all of your rogue PCs that you got to run, you've got to you, run something you might have to run a tally or just kind of play it by ear.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That makes me want to cry a little bit. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is, yeah, li- it is feels, definitely extra homework.
2: That one feels a little more yeah. complicated.
1: Right. Um, you're also going to have to decide if AOs can only be performed with melee weapons or if ranged weapon users can take pot shots at exposed enemies. Um, and of course, you're going to also have to decide what actions provoke uh, the ire of your enemies. Um, you can keep it simple with things like only movement and the move or run actions uh, through your enemies threatened areas and not just not entering them um, that the attacker can provoke aos that way or you could go deeper and say that things like range attacks casting spells performing heal actions as major actions and ready actions as minor actions provoke them as well Um, those would have the extra benefit that um novice degrees of chirurgy and quick reflexes which make those actions faster can um, become more valuable because you don't provoke for them anymore.
3: That said, it does add a whole lot more in the way of rules to remember. It
1: is. A lot of extra rules. And uh, we understand that it is not terribly realistic, but there's also, you know, dragons and people shooting lightning and people with horns walking around. <laughs> so it's it may just be par for the course. But if you, uh, if you want to add them, there are some options. Um, we recommend, of course, trying to keep it as simple as you can because that's one of the pulls for the game. Is uh, keep it simple, stupid.
2: Yep. Well, and if whatever you do decide to add, make sure that everybody's on the same page. Oh, like yes. give oh, them, yeah. the, give them the same handout or have the same file available in one place where everybody can get at it. Definitely. Absolutely.
1: Those are going to need to be uh, accessible, especially because they're not in the core rulebook that everybody hopefully bought. Yeah,
2: you uh,
3: hopefully <laughs> you bought the book. Right.
1: All right. So you. Just gonna maybe print out some handouts, or um, uh, if you've got like a campaign website, like if you've got an obsidian portal or something, you can list them on there.
3: Or if you make it simple, you could probably just, yeah.
1: if you make it simple, write like... a
3: sentence and yeah. pass it around or something.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those DM, are our answers. Do you hope that helps? And of course anyone else if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG any questions of any kind if you even want us to bring up an old topic that you feel like we didn't cover quite enough um, feel free to send us a message at wondersathetispodcast at gmail.com you can send it to us through our Facebook Twitter, Tumblr, Google Plus or SoundCloud accounts or send a personal message to Coth the Protector on the green running forums that's me
3: now hold the phone what's up where's the Parsable
0: question
1: oh no oh no you're right I already had three questions in And I thought that we were going to take a little while with this So I, I didn't include a parcival question
0: How could you do that?
1: I'm a bad person yeah. I can go find one <laughs> he, he had quite a few for us
3: You can't just not include a parcival question
1: <laughs> I He's am, like our
3: first podcast contributor You're
1: absolutely correct I will go I won't and I will find one let you do one. that Parcival is awesome He
3: is We can Let's always see. rely on him
1: Thank you so much Let's see <laughs> i found some. Okay. All right. Parcival, we're very sorry. We're going we're gonna to dig these up for you. Uh, we kind of answered these in short term, I'd say in short form, but we can bring them up here so that everybody can hear about it. Uh, you had a couple questions for us about the Arcane Warrior specialization that we did a while ago. Uh, first, Your first question uh, was, firstly, in the computer games, I found I had to disable the close combat powers of the Arcane Warrior Knight enchanters, as I found them far more useful just casting spells. As a PC can only use one major action per round in the, in the Green Running game, is it not also the case that often Arcade Warriors will be better off casting than trying to hit things? That occurs to me that the specialization could be used for one thing alone, the ability to wear armor. I can imagine such an Arcane Warrior never actually hitting anything. He simply cat re, uh, simply recaps the benefit of a higher armor rating. Would you say that's an option? Um,
3: I would say that's an option, but it's also a bit... Especially if you've got certain spells, you may actually be underselling yourself a bit.
1: It's true. And um, it's if, if you want to be an arcane warrior, I mean, that is most certainly a way that you could do it. You could even stop taking the... Uh, if you wanted to just get the armor and not worry about like the Fade Shroud, you could always just get up to the Journeyman degree uh, and then not bother taking the Master degree and start taking and take, like a, a different talent for that. Yeah. You absolutely could do that.
3: Well, and if you want a really high armor rating, you can also just buff your magic to your magic score to high heaven mm-hmm. and then cast rock armor
1: yeah but rock armor uh see the benefit of being able to wear armor is that you don't have to turn it on you don't have to cast any spend any mana on it rock mm-hmm. armor doesn't cost that much in the first place but it is you know it's a spell tax and it's uh because everybody's gonna need it if they want to live
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um it does of course take goodness like uh is it a minute to cast? A minute. It takes a full minute to cast. Four rounds. four rounds. Four rounds if you did it in combat. And it only lasts an hour unless you cast... You spend extra mana to extend it. So, mm-hmm. um... Armor, of course, means that you don't have to cast that spell. Um, you could even... If... You, know, you could even, you know, once you get armor training, you could probably even convince your GM to let you swap the spell out for somebody that something else if you wanted.
3: Probably. But, uh... I think especially because there are so many great ways to buff your melee attacks, mm-hmm. and there are so many ways that you can gain additional melee attacks or more powerful melee attacks mm-hmm. that seem to scale more effectively with level than any spell damage types do. Mm-hmm. I think you could easily just be a casting Arcane Warrior, but I think you might miss out on some of the cooler stuff yeah. that you'd be otherwise getting to do.
1: You could do a little bit of both. Could You know soften mm-hmm. them up while they're far away with some spells, and when they get close, Pull out the bastard sword.
3: Yeah, nobody's gonna see that one coming.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) They get we got up close to the mage. What's he gonna do? Shing.
3: Also, why is the mage wearing full plow? No. Oh
1: no! What have we done?
3: (laughs) Mistakes were made. And then
1: you punch people with your magic stat. That's awesome. It's great.
3: So, what's our other question?
1: Uh, The other question uh, was actually uh, related to the uh, first one Uh, regarding weapons. The one you didn't talk about much was the one I thought would be the default option: the quarterstaff. Unfortunately, it's also the one that doesn't fit into any talent easily. Two-handed doesn't fit right, in my view, so I'd be tempted to let it use the benefits from single weapon style. Did you say though that arcane warriors can't take talents and fighting styles? Uh, where's that explained in the rules? And that one's a that's pretty straightforward one. The uh, requirements for most of the fighting talents require usually require you to be a, a rogue or a warrior. Uh, a and couple I'm of them can only be in the yeah. Only a couple, a couple of them can only be taken by warriors, and a handful can be taken by both warriors and uh, rogues. But mage is not a class that can take most of those, except for unarmed fighting style. Everybody
2: gets to do the punching.
1: Everybody gets to punch. Everybody can, as long as yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. as long as they have hands. Right, that is true. But then you could kick. You could go
3: for unarmed style and kick or headbutt, (laughs) or I mean, (laughs) chest bump if you're really feeling it
1: it says fist in the rule book but you know we can, be, we can be flexible with that
3: I mean come on now it's it's all
0: unarmed
1: hmm so um yes and it's very true that may, that even if you're a ro- an arcane warrior and you can put on you can still cast all your spells put on armor and carry weapons you can't use uh, most weapon style talents so you're so those were ro- so I mean you've got spells you've got plenty of tricks yourself the uh, the rogues and the warriors need the talents in order to get their own uh, get their yeah. own tricks in
3: we get to manipulate reality.
1: And um, quarterstaff, we didn't re- we didn't uh, mention because it's a it's a weapon that uh, mages can use already.
3: Yeah, and, and um, arcane or uh,
1: one of the weapon of... weapon
3: style talents don't really come into play anyway because right. you can't take them.
1: It's true. Um, and being an arcane warrior at first level, you get a new weapon group. So uh, there's going to be a couple, There's going to be plenty of weapons that are going to get you a bit more bite than a quarterstaff is.
3: I still think a, uh, a punching arcane warrior. Heck yeah. Full plated gauntlet oh, yeah. punching arcane warrior. Mm-hmm.
1: You also <laughs> already have brawling as a, as, a, as a weapon group. Everybody gets brawling. Everybody can. Don't forget it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody can punch with the gauntlet or their fist or use an improvised weapon. Or punch with their foot. Yes, that too.
3: Foot punch. Is also known as a kick. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, is that an improvised weapon?
3: I mean, a foot punch. <laughs> you weren't planning on a foot punch.
1: No, and yeah, I guess suppose you weren't. I suppose you weren't.
3: <laughs> so there you go. There you go, Parsible.
1: <laughs> Thank you so foot much for the punching. question. Thank you so much for the question, Yeah, the, the question came through in the Green Ronin forums. We very much appreciate it. Uh, sorry for the little mix-up. It won't happen again. I promise. No. No, it won't. Not I'm, okay. I'm on it now.
3: Okay. We got it.
1: <laughs> All right. So... Well, now uh, that we've
3: patched up that relationship, shall we talk about a few others?
1: Yes, I suppose uh, we can find out all about that in That's the... what you call a segue, everybody. Yeah. let's see. Let's open <laughs> up our books to the distant Verses.
2: Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. <laughs>
1: of course, but... <sighs> Welcome to the distant Verses. We made more stuff. Yay! Haven't found a lot of stuff that other folks have made just yet, although I am uh, kind of expecting that there's going to be some more uh, coming up soon, and we'll get to that later. Uh, but right now, uh, we actually, it's a, uh, I wrote this, uh, I, I, well, I didn't you know, write it from scratch or anything, I, um, it was, um, we have an approval system that is home that is homemade uh, but mostly because it is a conversion of relationship mechanic from a different game uh, into fantasy age or into and into Dragon Age by, uh, by comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel free to use it absolutely it's it's a uh, we try and we tried to keep it as simple as we could uh, and with as little um, bookkeeping as we could. it is on our you can of course find it on our blog one is a podcast at wordpress. wordpress.com. Uh, you find it in the resources for your game page, and we'll also put it uh, put a link to it on the uh, blog post that w- comes out with this episode. And um, we won't go over the entire rules because they're a bit wordy. The, the it's kind of long, but um, in brief, um, you can basically tell the GM that there is an NPC or a PC that you want to attract the approval the approval rating for. for. Uh, and you can of course track whether uh, you intend to be friends with this. Uh, with this character, or if you intend to be rivals with this character, uh, and if both. this re- <laughs> both, uh, or if this, uh, is, and if this is going to be a romantic, it's going to include a romantic component, and then you can, and then you basically you'll make an advanced test to determine uh, how the relationship progresses. Like every day, you you can uh, give a gift, or you can. Um, say something nice or do them a favor or craft the perfect insult for them or hmm. just you know step on their toe or close the door on them in just the right way <laughs> that uh, your uh, relationship score will increase like an advanced test and when you hit certain thresholds then it upgrades you get a little experience you and the party get a little experience payout for the good role play mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry your example is just take me right back to kindergarten (laughs) um (laughs) um, but no it looks pretty solid especially since it accounts for the rivalry component Mm -hmm. which was a possibility in the video games and you know didn't really make it into the tabletop as far as i can Mm -hmm. recall it's true it's uh,
1: supposed to be coming later i understand Ooh. Oh really? Yeah. Um, this so uh, right now we kind of have this at least for our games, we have it as a kind of placeholder because supposedly Faces of Thetis is also going to include uh, mechanics for such things.
2: Awesome. Uh, That's in addition very to exciting.
1: the uh, dis- to the descriptions of like factions of people from Thetis and very important people and their stat blocks and ways to use them, uh, so that'll also include mechanics if you want to make kissy faces at them.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or punch them,
0: eh. or both.
1: Both.
2: <laughs> and if you want the uh, rewards that are not just XP based, mm-hmm. I mean, there are other ways to get that. I mean, you can get favors from people. Oh yeah. Or they, you know, they could give you gifts. Yeah. <gasps> shock. Shock. <laughs>
3: disbelief. I know, right? Okay. It always bothered me that I had to give all the gifts for them to like me, and they never gave me any back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Morgan, i gave you a voodoo doll of alistair i need something back here
2: seriously imagine what she might have given you
1: i mean knit me a hat or something i'll be happy with that
2: okay no you're, you're oh. gonna have to go to win for that
1: i'll have to go to win for that
2: if Morgan knitted you a hat it would uh not be a safe hat you're, to wear you're probably right it would have teeth real teeth
1: <laughs>
2: it might bite your head
1: i mean that's that's fair
2: but she would expect you to find a way around that. Yes, you would still have to wear it.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. She would just be so heartbroken if I didn't.
2: But uh, some of those rare herbs or some of those rare magic yeah. items that, you know, you're not sure how to fit mm-hmm. into the game another way, they could yeah. be gifts.
1: Or, and this also can be a great way to get favors from NPCs if you don't didn't take the context talent.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Cause Cause it's tough yes. to
3: find room yeah. for all those talents. Yeah,
1: it's tough to find room for all those talents. So you can do it. So this is this requires a bit more effort on your part uh, than the, taking the contacts talent, but
3: also you know dedication. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, you like this person, don't you?
3: Or hate this person? Or
1: specifically, don't like this person? <laughs> you really,
2: really don't like this person. You're gonna put some effort into letting mm-hmm. them know how much you don't like them. Yep. yep you can
3: personally set that bag of poop on fire on their doorstep. Hey, Fenris, (laughs) I'm a
1: mage. Did I remind you I'm a mage today? Oh,
3: no. Well, if you'd... You you can find all these submissions and more archived in our resources for your game page on our blog, Wonders the Thetis Podcast at WordPress.com. If you'd like to let us know about some custom Dragon Age RPG content, or even send us your own... Send a message to podcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Templar, Google Plus, or SoundCloud accounts. Or send a personal message to the Protector on the Green Run and forums. That's him. That's me. There, I did, did it. Did you breathe? Nope.
2: <laughs> I didn't think so. I'm
3: a vocalist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't she's, have to breathe.
1: She's trained for this.
2: That's amazing.
1: All right. So, uh, speaking of, you know smooches and unsmooches we should probably get uh to talking about that because we've got a couple things to say about that
3: because that's our
1: main topic for today is it fate or chance i can never decide welcome to the main topic uh, today's topic is talking about how be how to make people like or dislike you because we all know what game we're playing let's be real
3: it's Dragon Age guys
1: we're playing Dragon Age we're you all here we happening. all came here to kiss or punch somebody or both. Both? <laughs>
0: just saying
1: I mean come on. <laughs> So, um, of course, romance has been a staple feature of the Dragon Age video game since the very beginning, with more romance options coming to every major release than the last one. Uh, Rivalry has only been one of the games as, as a specific mechanic, but you could argue it's in the other games in the forms of, like, low approval.
3: Also, I mean, NPCs in every game do things to cheese you off. Oh, yeah. And everybody's got specific NPCs that they just can't stand, so... In reality, it's kind of always been there.
1: I found out recently that you can actually find a, a, like an option at some point in Inquisition to punch Solus. Oh that would be nice.
2: you know I did hear about that I, I haven't I haven't looked too much into it but I'm kind of looking forward to it so uh...
1: <laughs> I think you've got to have a particularly low approval rating of him to get the right con- uh, conversation but man, I saw a video of it man it looked fun.
3: I just there there's there are other points in the game where I feel like he should be particularly much more punchable than he ends up being, right? But uh, that's basically what we're talking about here, right? Is that in the games whether or not they've had a mechanic for it, Bioware has made you very good at loving or absolutely not loving certain characters or uh, both.
1: Yeah, both, <laughs> both.
2: And that's part of the joy of interacting with them. Oh,
1: absolutely! Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's so true. So, there is going to come a time, say, in the tabletop RPG, uh, if it hasn't already happened a couple times in the video games, uh, where one of the PCs is going to start making some faces at an NPC, or one of the NPCs starts to take a shining to one of the PCs, or or, or maybe there's a recurring villain that folks really like, uh, or there's a foil for one of the PCs who is particularly fun to mess with. Uh, So, you're going to need to be ready. It's true.
2: Yes. It's a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. It is something that people come to the game for, and it's true. even if they might feel a little awkward about it, it can be a lot of fun. And the less self-conscious you are, the better. So yeah, the more prepared you are, the better that's going to be.
1: Yeah, it's true. going to need to be ready for that. Um, you don't have to go through like writing whole dossiers for all your NPCs, um, but. Just, you know, keep it in mind that it's probably something that'll show, that'll show up at some point. It's, mm-hmm. It shows up in more role-playing games than Dragon Age, but it's probably going to be a special issue for Dragon Age.
3: Yep. Yes. It's one mm-hmm. of the things that makes this world as compelling as it is. And we'll it's talk true. a little bit more about that in a bit. Yeah.
1: We're going to talk about how uh, romance and rivalry can be integrated into the Dragon Age RPG and some tips on how to run relationships in the tabletop RPG medium in general. So this can be a bit more useful. It th- should be a bit more useful than just talking Dragon Age, although it will very be very useful for Dragon Age.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So why do relationships? What's the what, what's the draw here?
1: Kissing people.
3: Well, I mean yes, <laughs> but I was hoping you'd give me you know a <laughs> little mean, bit more to go on.
1: Uh, fair enough. Um, Players really resonate with a lot of these relationships. Uh, you can see it in a lot of like fan communities for Dragon Age. Uh, there are always polls going up being like, who did you romance? Or, uh, oh, I really cute. like this character. I really I really like romancing this character. Or, this character was so cute. Or, um, Why isn't some... there a
3: besties arc for Cole? Why can't you just yes. be best friends forever with Cole? Because I would do it.
2: <laughs> and why can't you ever romance Varric? That's so not fair. Oh, what man. were you thinking? I've heard so
3: much grief about that. <laughs> so much the grief.
2: More... The more you see Varric, the more you understand why there's grief about uh-huh. that. Actually,
3: That's <laughs> true. true. <laughs> um, but these things really matter. Like these are things that the players really, really get involved with, and really a impact part of, it. Yeah,
2: they're a part of all the video games. Every single one, just about. I mean, maybe not all the DLCs feature it very highly. Mm-hmm but it keeps coming up so yeah they're going to expect it mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be there um, but i i never understood why this was even a question because this is what real people do and it's all around us in every situation even the most dire you will see this this kind of activity mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. what it what's it's what makes a world real it's true absolutely it
1: makes it more organic it makes it more reactive to the pc's input and it's it it can really help the PCs feel like they're making a mark, in a mm. way.
2: And it, it can make your character actually feel like a real person when they approach somebody like they're a real person mm-hmm. that they're interested in. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. And this can all, of course, spark a lot of really good roleplay, so you should harness this.
2: Mm-hmm. And for Dragon
3: Age in particular, it is known for being a dark fantasy setting. And... Uh, In a a world that is that dark and that depressing, one of the things that can really be a light and can give the characters a drive and a purpose is their relationship to people in that world Mm -hmm. and to each other. It can be one of these.
1: Smooches or unsmooches?
3: Unsmooches or smooches, but especially the smoochy kind. Especially. That gives people a reason to hope and a reason to fight. Likewise, you know, they can also be the thing that sends everything straight up a creek without a paddle. Yep. Like, there there are a great many things in the real world and in fantasy that could have been avoided if people hadn't had smoochy feels.
2: Romeo and Juliet, anyone?
3: Oh, oh, man. oh man. Well, they were both just 14 and unaware of what life was. But, you know, that's part yes, of it. Yes, but
2: those smooches. Seriously. Those were some <laughs> smooches.
3: Those were some, yeah, some serious smooching. teenage smooches
2: some seriously star-crossed smooches so oh, yes. yeah
3: <laughs> the uh the star-crossed factor can be very very good for dragon age and can lead to some serious character growth or definitely you know character tragedy
2: uh I, I believe that's called seasoning yeah there you go
1: <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> delicious it makes it makes the character tastier mm-hmm. it, it really
3: so then the dragon yeah. eats the character later exactly great perfect it
2: tastes no no I get it it tastes like despair I finally get it now
3: (laughs) this is a dark (laughs) fantasy (laughs) I'm so sad
0: oh no
1: Uh, some of the and a lot especially because a lot of that seasoning can also you know highlight a lot of the best and worst parts of Thetis.
2: it's true (laughs) but that's that's why the ham tastes like despair in Orlais yes well, I, I finally get it.
3: It's no, Orlais. Secretly, everything tastes like despair. They just don't know the difference anymore. Everybody well,
1: goes for the rivalry option in Orlais. Yes. No hesitation.
2: That's it.
3: That's exactly
1: <laughs> it. Also,
0: Divinder, We've got.
2: Actually.
1: We've cracked the code. <laughs> this is how it works.
2: <laughs>
3: just live in Ferelden, kids. It's your only shot.
2: Oh, now. I hear Navarro's. I, I, I personally want to see a lot more in Ravain, but we'll get oh, there. Oh, that's um, a good point. Totally that's yeah. a good point. I There's would some cool love stuff to see
3: that. But with relationships,
1: mm-hmm.
3: yes. Before I get too excited about Ravain, <laughs> because I have some things about Ravain, Um, when are some? What are some good ways to do relationships, and when should you be doing them?
1: Oh, absolutely. In the game? Uh, relationships like romance and or rivalry, uh, let's see, and or, notice I see what you say, and or,
0: mm-hmm. they
1: don't have to be separate. Uh, they work well into long-term campaigns uh, because the process of wooing a potential lover, making you a good friend, or one-upping your nemesis can be a, uh, make a campaign feel like it's growing and changing, and it can be useful for players to understand just how far they've come since the beginning. Can give them some uh, postmarkers to see, you know, let's see, you know, at the beginning of this campaign, I didn't have anybody. Now I got this punching bag Fenris over here. You know, everything's just great.
2: Well, yeah, but sometimes he's really hot. And, you know, I'm yeah. beginning to feel a little different about him. So maybe I don't hate him so much anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Maybe he drives me crazy, but I don't want to be without him.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Obviously, please don't actually hurt the people you love that. K-
2: it's never okay. Yeah, no, no. That's never okay Except, you know, maybe in a fictional universe way, way far away, we can play with, with it a little bit. Yeah,
3: but Actually, we have a little note about that later on in the podcast, about how, you know, make sure everybody's on board for absolutely everything that could happen. But we'll talk about that probably multiple times.
1: In a dark, in uh, a dark fantasy like Dragon Age, it's, it's a very important thing to do.
3: Yeah, yes. to make sure that everybody's aware and that nobody gets caught caught by surprise by something particularly dark. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That, honestly, I kind of wish we had put that at the beginning, that, you know, heads up, before you do any of this, you talk to your players, you make sure that each and every one of your players is aware of the level of dark and the level of intimacy that might come up within the game, and uh, make sure that everybody is comfortable with it and actively saying, yes, this is the thing I want to do.
2: And give them some options so that if they don't want to get very descriptive, if they would rather rely on roles for certain things, they can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't forget the good old fade to black. That too. Um, Fade to black or, hey, I'll email you later um, to talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So that there's some options so that they can participate but not necessarily have it all in front of the group if they don't want that. Yes. That's a good thing. That's a good point. I like that there's a lot of options now um I mean even what what we're doing right now where you know we're talking to each other um that you know you know even a recording uh we don't you don't have to record it you can just Skype each other okay here's what happened while everybody else was in the other room listening to Varric telling his story mm-hmm.
1: There you go. I like that yeah
2: yeah yeah. Uh, we've we've done that we've done a lot of this in my household gotcha. oh good cool so um yeah having a variety of approaches can make people feel feel like they can be a part of it without having to say no point blank
3: yeah that's a good thing to point out I like that I like the idea of being able to make the relationship a sort of private thing for the character and for the player
2: yes and Cause... that can conf- it's can important. feel more intimate as well definitely um mm-hmm. uh, and some people are better written than they are spoken
1: i got you uh, it's true
2: so there's that
1: that's a good point uh, to bring up
2: yeah so uh that's
3: that's the that's a big takeaway for everybody mm-hmm. is to just take care of your players make sure you give them ways to express themselves and about whether or not they feel comfortable, and if yeah. they don't feel comfortable, ways to make them feel more comfortable.
0: Yes.
2: And what, give them a way out as well if they don't want their character involved in the shenanigans. Maybe they only have rivalries, but they don't really have romance options if that's not something they're comfortable with. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But, but they can still have fun with relationships.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can be silly or lighthearted or just friendships or a romantic, or...
2: A mentorship,
0: or
3: mm-hmm.
2: a, a family relationship, or whatever it is, um, but if they don't feel comfortable with like romance, romantic relationships, they don't have to do that.
1: Nope, yep. I don't have to.
3: That's the long and short of it. So keep that in mind, just as a little underpinning to everything mm-hmm. else that gets said in this podcast.
1: We did kind of. I'm kind. I'm kind of glad now that I uh, integrated that part into the approval system uh, that we wrote. Is that um, at the very beginning the player tells the GM this is what this is going to be. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. This is going to have romance in it. This isn't going to have romance in it. We're going to go friendship. Or we're going to go rivalry. And there are mechanics mm-hmm. in there also if you want to change that halfway through.
0: hmm
3: And uh, it, we will talk a little bit later about how, you know, sometimes there are relationships that don't quite fit into one or the other category. And sometimes you'll have relationships that, while not, you know, abusive or anything like that, are fraught with conflict. Yes. And so we'll talk a little bit about how those can be portrayed as well. Mm-hmm. But, to continue. Uh,
1: let's see. Relationships uh, can work in shorter games. Uh, it gets trickier when you don't have the time to invest in getting into getting know an NPC or a fellow PC. Uh, you will probably have to work to expedite the process.
3: Yep, you just kind of have to make everything go a little faster, which, you know, a little bit of suspension of disbelief. But yeah. if you're in a shorter game, at least it gets to be there, you know?
2: I have a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Ooh, do tell. If you're in a shorter game, like game game length wise, like out of character, you can speed up time in character. So the mm. in game a month passes, you mm-hmm. you know, you keep flirting the whole time and then there's a fade to black in there and now you know you have a, a burgeoning relationship when we begin the scene again.
1: Gotcha.
2: I like that. Uh, that's a good way to do it. So that's one way if you have a shorter game to try to speed that up.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool, cool.
1: Yeah, sometimes that's going to be necessary. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Seems like it. Yes. Um, Relationships with NPCs can uh, make it easier to uh, plan particular characters' story arc and their specific likes and dislikes, and can even help some player characters uh, determine some of their goals. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, my character in our home game has had goals that have just been perpetually, unfortunately just peppered with romantic issues. Yep. Just the first half of this campaign was pretty much non-stop romantic issues for this poor character.
1: Cuz there were a lot of NPCs who had the hots for her.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm the GM's wife, so I think that kind of makes sense. But uh
1: Guilty as <laughs> charged.
2: Can uh can we talk about goals for a second? Oh, sure, yeah. sure. Goals are great. Um, because goals are one of the ways that you can integrate romance uh, actually I've come up with some, some goals on my blog that are mm-hmm. some ready made goals um, like find your old flame you know you <laughs> once had this, this lover that meant a lot to you and you don't know where exactly they are now
1: but you're mm-hmm. hoping to
2: find them um, or you know find the perfect token to show your affection to this character um, so you have to like look at you know, what do they like? You have to go maybe try to talk to their friends and try to figure out exactly what it is that will, that will reach them. Um, and these the goals in Dragon Age, uh, which are on page 138, I believe um, are the ready-made ones can be re- goals can be a really great way of starting with a romance and you can keep it, You know very sweet like you know finding the right token to show your affection Mm -hmm. like the just the right handkerchief uh, of the right material that reminds your lover of their homeland that they'll never see again or whatever the cutest stuffed nug plushie. right exactly or or you could have the goal that you know that viscount their son or daughter they're hot (laughs) i have i have to get them they're my goal now.
1: <laughs> Ooh, man!
2: <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta get in with that. Yeah, I, I have to. That, that's gotta be a notch on my belt right there. <laughs> yeah. uh,
3: also, not my, uncommon my, in Dragon Age.
2: Yep. My, my partner in crime Nate came up with that one, and uh, <laughs> and I had to write it up as a goal because I'm like, yes, you could totally start out with this. Um and in a new in a new campaign or you could come up with it when you meet the npc in a in an established campaign mm-hmm. um, goals are a great way to get relationships started
1: mm-hmm. in this
2: game and mm-hmm.
1: definitely to let the gm know uh, what you're hoping to pursue and it can help the gm plan for the future and have make some expectations for the campaign mm-hmm.
3: definitely i also i love the goal like Find my true love, but then the character is so busy, fo- like so busily focused on finding their true love that they don't focus on building any of the relationships around them. And so they don't really get to fulfill their goal until they stop worrying about their goal and start actually building relationships. Ugh. That's
2: practically Greek. Well, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> ancient Greek, and how <laughs> tragic that is. That's perfect. Oh, beautiful.
1: So, yes.
2: Goals,
3: use them well.
1: Perfectly Dragon Age. <laughs>
3: <laughs> mm. And uh, relationships can actually occur between PCs. It does happen.
2: Just make sure that the players are comfortable with that oh, yeah. interaction. Oh, and yes. that if you're, if you're playing with couples, which a lot of times we do here, um, make sure that everybody's comfortable with it. That's Be- <laughs> 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 right, right. You guys being a couple, you, you understand how this is. Yeah. Yes. We may or as may not long...
3: have just made a silly face in the
2: camera. That that was adorable. I wish everybody could have seen how cute <laughs> that was. I should have I should have screenshotted that seriously. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when you're playing with couples, you want to make sure nobody's getting jealous or feeling mm. feeling resentful. But as long as nobody's like that, then yeah, it's if it's between PCs, it's not a big deal. Um, and. At, that can lead to a lot of very fun party banter as well. It can. It really can. But I think the most important thing really is and I I, I know you've thought about this too, don't force it. Absolutely. Never ever force it. Don't force it with PCs, don't force it with NPCs, and if somebody really seems put off, just back off. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. This is something... This is something that really needs to be tied to a player actively deciding, this is what I want. And if they don't want this, then you need to not give it to them because this is something that is very, very personal, even if you're pretending to be somebody else.
2: And if you're a player and you're not sure if another player is okay with it, then talk to them outside of the game or have the Mm -hmm. GM do it to make sure that they're on board. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. So yes mm-hmm. that that's a good example of consent when to front. do
1: consent up front
3: oh, always 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 but how <laughs> about how about how to do relationships in the dragon age role-playing game yes
1: how are we going to go about doing the, the kisses and the punching
3: i mean there's really kind of two <laughs> major ways you could do it you can how you can do try to do it mechanically or you can try to do it off book
1: yes um, and there
3: are different things we've got yeah. for both of those. If
1: you're doing it with mechanics, some players and GMs really appreciate having, you know, uh, itemized lists and thresholds and uh, numbers to track everything. And and you know, especially if you're using the approval system that we wrote, then that gives them obvious. That gives them, you know, like an obvious like place. Like this NPC is warm towards me, or this NPC is uh, cold towards me. And um, when we reach those certain thresholds, you know, you get rewards, and it's. Um, you can kind of schedule it a little bit and some people really appreciate that.
3: Mm
0: -hmm.
3: It's like, you know, you're always going to kind of be in the dark a little bit about where your relationship stands with any one person, at least because you can't read their minds. If you've got mechanics, that kind of adds that little fantasy bit where you know exactly where you stand even if your character doesn't and there's something comforting about that. Mm -hmm.
2: And you feel like you're getting somewhere when you make your moves mechanically. Exactly. There are some different I mean, actual mechanics as far as it goes. I you you have, you know, communication, you have your deception possible if you want to go that route. Um, there's you know, outright seduction. So mm-hmm. there there's some different ways to, to go about it, but at least mechanically you'll know if you made a dent if your relationship shifts. in in points.
3: Definitely, Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, don't forget about the flirt role-playing stunt. Mm Mm-hmm. That is specifically there to initiate potential romantic relationships. Howdy-do. Yes. Of course, there's something a little irritating about having to wait until you get four stunt points to try to initiate a relationship. And then they get
1: to try and resist it with a willpower self-discipline test.
3: I feel like it makes sense to not necessarily have... Like, I think oftentimes flirt is used to sort of like gain access to things or
1: i could see it yeah
3: but if you're just trying to open a relationship and they seem interested in it then maybe it just happens yeah. but if you want everything to just happen you could always do it without the mechanics and go completely yeah. natural
1: go completely off book uh for some for some groups and players it's more organic to not use dice and numbers to represent the relationship and that's perfectly fine They just role play the relationship as it goes, and they have the characters do what's natural.
3: I like this uh, this method a little bit better than the other, simply because it allows for more variation in how the relationship lies. For you know, where it's like you could have, you know, you got love on one end and rivalry on the other, and you kind of pretty much have to stick within that spectrum if you're going by a mechanical sort of thing but if you're going more organically you
2: can have shades of gray in your relationships which i think is good and i think i mean there is a middle ground as well Mm -hmm. um because again you can use you can use abilities you know and and your focuses in order to try to start a romance without you don't need the stunt honestly Mm -hmm. there's there's co- there's a focus in seduction for your communication ability. Um, there's also persuasion. You could you know, woo somebody with a performance. Uh, there's etiquette, which if you're gonna go old style, you know, courtship, then oh. you're that is a perfect, you know, way to bring your etiquette to bear. Um, if you want to go more the uh, you know the comedy angle, you ha- you might have the disguise where you're pretending to be somebody else so you can woo this person <laughs> who's way out of your
1: league. Oh man. Um,
2: let's be Shakespeare characters and see what happens. I mean, come on. There's a reason why Shakespeare has endured for hundreds of years. It's true. It's hundred percent true. And you also have de- you know again deception, which might actually be from good intentions. Um, but could complicate things later once your lies mm-hmm. are shown, you know, b- brought to light. And then, of course, yeah. there's always
1: drinking, your constitution <laughs> focus. I mean, that's one way to get a relationship Well,
3: started. I mean, it sometimes that's how people dull the edge, if they can't really express themselves because they're kind of nervous.
2: Yes. Maybe fail a
3: few constitution
2: drinking say, tests, and you might get
1: f- a
3: little
2: bit more honest.
1: Do you have to fail them, or do you have to succeed I think you have them?
2: to fail them.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
2: Or there's your cunning focus which uh, is in writing, which you can write
1: love yeah. letters. Oh yeah. Write some prose. Um,
2: there's no reason to wait for a stunt, but also once you start a relationship, if it's going it's if it's going well, if it's building organically, you don't have to keep measuring it in points if you don't want to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: So that middle ground and the, the shades of grey are still possible.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
3: that's kind of what we did,
2: honestly
0: yeah
3: is uh like when the relationships each of our characters is now in a long-term relationship when they started you know we were definitely making some checks to see if we could impress or you know interest the people who were already kind of maybe interested in us yeah see if we could build a good relationship but now Mm -hmm. that we're at a certain point it's you know we still have to maintain these relationships obviously because Mm -hmm. that's what you do in a relationship but we don't really have to make checks to make that happen.
2: I, I, I hear that. Um, and you still do make checks. You just don't always think about it. Yeah. it's true. We so, just we don't
3: have to roll the dice, I guess.
2: Oh no, no, you're still rolling dice. You just don't realize it. Oh, that, coo- that check for the the meal that you cooked.
3: Uh
1: oh. Oh.
2: That becomes a matter of course, but it <laughs> still counts.
1: What was that dragon never result? Uh.
2: <laughs> hey, I have been awake with that with that newborn child for like a week and a half. <laughs> See?
1: <laughs> it's true. Uh,
2: seriously, it it still counts it's just that you don't keep track of it as closely once that relationship is established and mm-hmm. I think that's that's true in real life as well.
0: It's mm-hmm. true.
1: It's a bit yeah. more it's a bit more true to uh, real life.
2: After mm-hmm. a while, after a while, you don't lose Points for farting in front of your beloved. <laughs> yeah. So
0: there's yeah. that.
1: Just see, like, a, you see, like, a little slightly approves.
0: <laughs> right. Gross. <laughs> Gross.
1: <laughs> or just slightly grossed out.
2: <laughs> yeah. After a while, there's no disapproval. They
1: just don't
3: say anything. It's just a long, drawn out <laughs> sigh.
1: That's
3: it. No slightly disapproval. Slightly
1: exasperated. <laughs>
2: If you're lucky, and if if, if you're if you're still you know, if you're that kind of couple, you'll still flirt, you know, playfully black back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have that attraction that's still there. You're just yeah. The maybe maybe the target number is just not quite as high as it used to be in that relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, just gets to the point where the GM says you don't have to roll for it. That's just yeah. kind of how it goes. Unless
2: you do something that's actively right. terrible,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. And then,
2: then you really have to roll for it. Yep. Oh yeah, you better <laughs> roll for your life.
1: That chantry, that chantry uh, sister you've been going out with, uh, found uh, found that blood magic book. Oh, oh dear.
2: <laughs> Best of luck.
1: Best uh, of luck. Get, better. Get a six on that dragon die.
2: Oh yeah. Otherwise, y- we're gonna have a divorce in the works. Gonna have yeah. some
1: things wrong. a little bit more
3: than a divorce. It's gonna be oh, a divorce okay. officiated by
2: Templars. Divorce will be the nice part. Open combat will not so nice. <laughs> Less good. Yes. But uh, actually, um, this kind of brings in, though, something that we've kind of skipped over. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, character histories.
0: Yeah. Because
2: like, your character is a person who's you know had a life before wherever the game starts and, you know, maybe they were bur- they were burned very badly by a lover before um, I actually ha- in my blog, I-, I was talking about how I loved that in Dragon Age 2, one of the characters was talking about how their relationship his relationship had changed it's like, it wasn't always like this we were in love once, she mm-hmm. defied her, she defied her parents to marry me, and then you know, look how far we've come and everything's fallen apart um having these kinds of touchstone relationships in your character's past
0: mm-hmm.
2: can, can influence how they deal with relationships in the present and the future. Oh, definitely. And uh, that's, that's something that I don't want to skip over, oh, especially yeah. for those people who like to have a sense of who their characters were before.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. It can be a huge part of the game well before Session Zero.
2: Yes. Yes. So that's something I, I had to slip in there.
3: That, <laughs> that's we're good. actually going to talk just a wee bit, too, about how your character's background, particularly their cultural background, can influence the way they look at love and companionship. But uh, we'll talk about that part in just a little bit. All right. Right now, I know we were talking a little bit about relationships that have a bit of a gray to them. Yes. And so let's talk about relationships that are not so much black and white, but are a little bit more on the spectrum of both
1: both Those definitely (laughs) show up in dragon age all the time
3: oh yes it's not you know all deadly hatred and pure romantic love it's dragon age is known for trying to emulate real emotional interactions as accurately as possible and in real life relationships are rarely so cut and dried
2: there are a lot of examples where people develop feelings for each other that they're not supposed to have or they're not okay with having. Oh, yes. Whether it's lust or romance or rivalry or a mix of all of that. Um, That's what uh, gets the
1: most exciting.
2: Oh, yes. Most most certainly. The Templar and the apostate, those two figures, Mm -hmm. whether the Templar is hunting the apostate or whether the Templar is simply guarding the apostate in the Chantry for enough time, and begins to st- start to admire them. Um, that an
1: apostate of love, or like the Templar and the apostate, sounds like something Varric would write.
2: It really does. It's
3: also it's... if you play the uh, female mage in Dragon Age Origins, it's how you first meet Cullen from Inquisition. Oh my God! I didn't know that. Really. Yeah, yeah absolutely he has feelings for you as a female mage and when you go back to the mages tower and you find him there and you check on him you're like hey are you okay it's me he actually says that you're a desire demon being an apparition and that you're uh trying to tempt him again and it's like awkward oh my god really
2: yeah don't don't make me go back and play that
3: game (laughs) i'm serious if you're the female mage cullen has some awkward feelings for you and Mm. it doesn't really impact the game much but it especially once you get to inquisition it sort of gives you a little bit of an insight as to what cullen has been like and how he has grown he's quite that that love oh he's so awkward he doesn't change that much Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> oh, he's—he's he's still a sweet, awkward baby, but he's now
2: a capable, sweet, awkward baby. So
0: well, it's okay. not just
2: that, but he's a lot less conflicted in some ways.
0: Yeah. That's in true. some ways,
3: and there's a lot of conflicted feeling going on when he is the Templar who's responsible for keeping you in line and is developing feelings for you.
2: Oh yeah and that's just ready made for some kind of, you know, lustful romantic feelings to develop. You put oh, people yeah. in together and you force them to be together that much and what do you think's going to happen, Chantry right. Seriously? Well, I
3: mean, when when had a child.
2: Yeah. When it happened to Win. So, that's it's very fertile soil, but I'm ching. Uh-huh. Na <laughs> na nah, <nah>, nah,
3: nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um you know, there are a couple of examples of situations where it's a little bit of both. And another good one would be, uh, perhaps the PCs continue to thwart a, a crow assassin and escape, uh, but the uh, crow assassin escapes them, and then the crow, instead of you know killing all the PCs, starts to develop a couple of feelings for one of those PCs they're supposed to be killing. And, uh, you know, the House of Crows sends more assassins along with the one who's in love to make the next visit their last one. So will the crow betray their comrades for their love? Do the PCs even know that somebody cares about them? Like, there's... Right there, you've got all sorts of
2: cloak-and-dagger intrigue, but... Oh, yeah. Maybe with also smooches.
1: Maybe with also smooches.
2: Good night, Wesley. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. That that could go really well.
1: Uh, <laughs> that could go very well.
2: And it can even go it can even go better, believe it or not, if mm-hmm. the love or the hate is not returned to the oh. same degree. Oh. Yep.
3: And uh, the issue with Cullen was very
2: much like that. That had to be heartbreaking.
3: Oh,
0: it was
2: actually really sad. Don't deny me, Cullen. Seriously. <laughs> I know.
3: Oh God. He's a, he's I'm... a cutie.
2: He really is. I, I would have done. I, I would have romanced him in Inquisition out of pure revenge if that had happened to me in Origins. I tell you right
1: now,
2: <laughs> it's true.
1: I think if you play a female mage in Origins and you go to Inquisition, he actually mentions that character. Yeah. He Mentions awesome. how, he, how he how he knew the warden.
2: You're killing and... me.
1: Uh, it's so cute.
2: Oh.
3: They <laughs> just we... mentioned
1: it, it's just like maybe it's maybe like three lines of dialogue, but they put it in there, and that's what matters.
3: Yep. Well, and yes. it's, it goes to show just how these one-sided relationships, these one-sided feelings, can really tug at your heartstrings. Oh yeah. And they can really change the way you view a character.
1: They give them a, a more a more powerful uh, backstory, their history, and that, that it informs their romantic relationships later on.
2: Maybe for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it, that, that one-sidedness can happen at any time. Oh, yeah. It no, can. No matter how well you roll, there's only so far you can get with certain people. Um, one thing that the video games took into account that the tabletop game does not really account for is sexual orientation.
0: It's true.
2: And I think
1: the flirt stunt at least does say that... Um, yeah, are, I think that, the... Uh, the yeah. uh, compatibility pending the flirt stunt. Yeah, it yeah. only works
2: on people who would otherwise be attracted to you. The stunt does, but the rest doesn't right. really account for it. But it is something mm-hmm. to keep in mind. Definitely. Also, whether or not that person is your "quote unquote" type. Yeah. So, so if you're a Ferelden and you really, you know, you really, you know, are fascinated by or because you're supposed to hate them. And the one or lesion that you get to meet, you know, you, you're all over them, but they treat you like you're a Ferelden dog. Ugh,
1: dog lord.
2: Even, <laughs> even if you're a noble. Don't you insult my dogs.
1: <laughs> Don't you talk about my dogs. We'll have words.
2: A- words being swords, but yes. Always. <laughs> and
1: lots of barking.
2: There will yeah. be a lot of barking. And biting. Oh,
1: yes,
3: yeah. and it might not be the dog doing the biting. <laughs> Don't make fun of my dogs.
2: <laughs> there is that, that reaver ability.
3: Anyway. Oh, gosh.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> oh <laughs> you took it there. Oh,
2: man. I, I always take it there. It's what I do.
3: That's why we have you on the podcast. There we go.
2: It's great. It's why I'm on Earth. But... Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> my reason to be.
2: But, yeah, taking it even beyond the roles, and, you know, getting into that... Though you can't break into that fortress, or maybe it takes a lot longer can really make an impact on a character. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. It it can change the way the character views things. It can change the way the player views the character and how they respond to relationships. It can it can change everything. We've got some good examples that we've come up with for uh,
1: unrequited, unrequited love. love.
3: Like for example, uh, suppose that the party has a rich, influential NPC patron from Orlais, and that patron is absolutely smitten with one of the PCs the pc doesn't actually feel the same way but if they break that noble's heart you could they could lose their party substantial wealth or prestige and it could even place them in danger because i mean maybe this maybe this person doesn't have a whole lot of scruples
1: there's definitely some examples of that if you read (laughs) some of the novels
2: it's true poor fiona oh geez I haven't read the novels but I hope to get to them sometime and They're good.
1: They're very good. Uh, David Gator knows how to string you along and just and, and also knows how to really like punch you in the feelings and sometimes sometimes the, the like he has little things that just come out of nowhere and or Chris, maybe I'm just really susceptible to it. But man, I I really loved my time reading reading some of those books. Yeah. I oh, can't um, wait.
3: This other example is actually not dissimilar from uh some of the struggles that some of our characters have to <laughs> Some been, of our
1: characters... Some of our characters being mine. Being ones who are sitting in this room.
3: Yeah, well, except, you know, the other way around. Right. That a, hu- a human PC falls for a dashing Dalish spy, but the spy rejects the PC, stating that they could never love a sham. How would the PC react to being let down? Suppose some of the feelings appear to be returned, but the NPC continues to refuse on the basis of race. Of course, when you're doing something like this, when you're going to have a PC be rejected in a rather, you know, heart-wrenching fashion, make sure your, P- your player is aware that that is a possibility and that that's a thing that can happen. Because people get hurt enough getting rejected in the real world, let's at least make sure that they know what they're getting into. <laughs> but, uh... It's
2: kinder that's... than in real life.
3: Yeah, I mean, we-, we have to be rough on our PCs, but not so much on our players, you know? <laughs> The players the players should at least know that that's a possibility yes and uh, yes. Uh, for rivalry one uh, one that I thought about for rivalry is a PC whom one of the NPCs wronged took it harder than anyone thought they would and now that PC is out for revenge against the perceived enemy however the NPC feels really really guilty about what they did and is maybe even trying to make amends
1: So what happens when next they meet?
3: Yeah, how is that rivalry gonna work out? Because it sounds like there isn't gonna be much of one.
2: I think that you're gonna need Varrick. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> or answer. Or
1: some feelings get hurt, and then it turns to rivalry on both sides when it could have been so beautiful.
3: Or uh, maybe things flip around, and then the uh, the PC now has romantic feelings, oh, but man. the NPC is now forever heartbroken and slighted. Ah. Oh no. Oh, there are so many ways that could go, and none of them are up. Oh, that hurts. And I think you did one, too. I did. You had an example as well. The PCs
1: are friends with a dwarf in Orzammar who is smitten with someone in a higher caste. They request help in showing their feelings to their sweethearts. The higher caste dwarf makes it very clear to the PCs that they have no interest in courting a lower-ranked citizen. So what do the PCs do now? Do they try to convince the upper-crust dwarf to give their friend a chance? Or do they let their friend down gently from this one-sided love.
3: Yeah, and that, that puts the PCs actually in an interesting position where they are not on either. They're not part of the romance. They are observers and possibly matchmakers. And that seeing a relationship from the side as well is another way for uh, characters to grow and develop. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, we are all influenced by the things that we see and the way that we change the, you know, the world around us. Being observers of romantic success or romantic failure is going to change the way that your PCs look at romantic success and failure in their own lives.
2: Very true. And uh, speaking of matchmakers, those are some NPCs that you can add to a game that bring the romantic component right with them, Mm. and that can be actually an excellent way to introduce not just romance, but the politics of romance, depending on yeah. you know, where you are. So that's mm-hmm. another another way into all of this.
3: Funny you should mention the politics of romance, depending on where you are, because uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, we talked a little bit about before, is love and thetis, and the fact that love and thetis is, like in the real world, the perceptions of what is acceptable and what is expected and what is not varies very widely from culture to culture. And the way your character views, like, what your character views as successful romance is going to be very heavily colored by, this, by the culture they grew up in. Like, the Dalish, for example, they pick a mate, and they mate for life. And it's not unheard of for there to be same-sex relationships, but because of the low birth rate, they generally encourage um, heterosexual relationships for procreative purposes. But we actually have in our in our group, we have one of the characters actually I'm the only one in a non same sex relationship. That's true. But uh, and it you know, they're not the Dalish aren't they don't forbid it, and it's of course appropriate to the character. Yes. So it works out pretty well for them. They now well, if they had been, for example, to vinter nobles who were expected to carry on the family line specifically.
1: Yeah. Like,
3: say, you know, one of our dear friends in Inquisition That gets harder. It does. That gets harder really, really quickly.
1: When you start dealing with things like inheritance and titles and family lines and continuing the blood, then some of that stuff gets really painful very fast.
3: And your character's sort of stance on whether or not they can love the people that they want to love is going to be informed by that reality.
2: And also, with Tevinter in particular, I mean, there are certain things you can get away with with your slaves. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. It's I, not I, romance. Uh, <laughs> Actually, it... it
0: sometimes. Uh, sometimes you know, it man, can.
3: It, the thing is, it's hard to make it romance when you've got power over the other person.
2: That's true, but it also depends on how they're treated and, you know, what their really their place in the family is. And so if you had somebody who was well, you know, well treated in their household, then maybe they feel like almost like they're a part of the family, maybe they are descended from the family at some point. So they're treated much better, um, like way, way back when the romance is possible. But the thing is, is that to vin- I, 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 as far as I understand it, Tevinter nobility what you get away with with your slaves is not necessarily what you can get away with with other nobles so you mm-hmm. can have you can have physical relations with your slaves and nobody bats an eye but mm-hmm. if you were if you were to have physical relations outside of marriage with other nobles then, then would be you're expensive. threatening the family line oh mm-hmm. yeah and so then it's, yeah
1: it's kind of similar in orlay although i think it's less policed just because with orlay uh, just uh, forgive the pun. Everything is game.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: everything is fired. the game.
3: Everything so, is um, the
1: game. Yeah, and um,
3: and in in Orle, I think though, as long as you can get away with it without it becoming public, you can pretty much decide to be sexually or romantically involved with with whomsoever you desire. It's very true. Like just... you, if you can, if you can get in good with the queen and. Nobody finds out about it. Just don't get caught. Yeah, that's really the rule for everything in
2: Orlais, (laughs) honestly. Yes, don't get
3: caught. But
1: make sure that everyone at least knows that you somehow did it. Yes. don't have proof.
2: No, spread the rumors all you like. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but... But uh, no no proof. No, no, never any proof. And uh, that can actually be a lot of fun as well to try to get away with. (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, as a player, that could be something fun to play with. Um,
1: mm-hmm. It is also worth noting that um, in the wonder in the world of Thetis book, uh, volume one, I do not remember what page it is on. That they wrote a little sidebar called "Love and Thet- called Love and Thetis, where Brother Jenna TV actually explains that uh, much uh, of this stuff. Actually. Much of this stuff. He he says, you know, uh, how um, same sex relationships in noble in noble places as long as you know they do their duty to the family then they can usually get away with it in uh and how um in, mo- in pretty much all places in Thetis, um uh same-sex relationships are just considered to be you know whatever
0: that's hey, not in the thing.
2: that's not just in the world of Thetis. I actually have that posted on my blog from screenshots from Dragon Age Inquisition oh, it's nice. in one of it's in The Pursuit... In Pursuit of Knowledge, The Travels of a Chantry Scholar by uh, brother Jenna TV. Yes. I do love Jenna TV. You... you he grows on you, certainly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he's, uh, yeah. He's precious. um, precious. I had to screenshot it because, like, wow, this is actual in-game lore about... And oh, it's yeah. called sexuality and Thetas is the title of it so. right
1: I think that's right uh, I think I think they might actually read the same text and they put them in the same spots I forgot that it was in the video games actually
2: I didn't but that's
1: <laughs> my, thank you. that's
2: how I am
1: <laughs> that's why you're here thank you so much
3: mm-hmm yeah it's uh, so yeah where you come from can very much inform how you view love
0: mm-hmm. and
3: how you view what is you know what? How you how do you get love and and what type of relationship? What do you call it? Do you call it marriage? Do you call it nothing? Do you and, you know how do you do it?
2: And also, it's it's it should be mentioned that not just where you come from, but where you are, mm-hmm. will also kind of give you different opportunities. If you're a if you're a player character, the rules are going to bend for you probably. Uh, it's true. You're kind of special. You are special, and so, you know the uh, the same-sex relationships, the open, the completely open relationships, um, the the these different or, or uh, getting involved with the a race that doesn't normally get involved with your your race,
0: mm-hmm. the,
2: these possibilities can actually become likelihoods for you, um, and that that shouldn't be discounted.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very true. It's
2: true. Of
3: course, there will probably be some risk if you're trying to maintain a status in a certain culture and go against it. Like, uh, two of the three options that I had for romance as a Dalish elf were human. And one of the primary reasons that this that my character did not go for either of those is because she, is, she was supposed to be a first. And first really can't come home with a human mate and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this now. There but- will be...
2: There will be consequences,
0: certainly. There
3: will be some serious consequences.
2: But, depending, again, on how you play the game, mm-hmm. you might be able to get away with more because you are in that, that player character position. It's true. Um, like, there my... were
3: options. I could have actually, you know, I could maybe have even, like, left my family and gone and started a new special little apostate family with the mage guy.
2: Apostate family! Uh, In my game, um there was my the my player character he was he's guarding a shipment of tavernter slaves and he found one that was trying to escape and during the struggle she actually managed to hurt him and he could not believe that and he admired it so much he had to buy her and he is completely protective of her and he she's not a slave to him not really and he is hiding that very very well hmm. And God only knows how it's going to turn out. <laughs> I'm sorry, maker only knows how oh. it's going to turn out. Well, Fair. you know, we're, we're kind of a Dalish family. It's okay. Creators oh, okay.
0: only
1: know.
2: Creators <laughs> only know. The, uh, may the, the Dread wolf not take them. Um, there we go. But, uh, the but as a player character, you know, him getting involved like that, it wasn't planned at all. And when I looked at the situation, I'm like, no, he could actually get away with that. And he's mm-hmm. come up he's come up with his ruse and so far it's working um and so yeah th- there should be room for that i think yeah because
3: characters pcs are exceptional people they are more likely to get themselves into
2: exceptional circumstances and not just that but i have to say you should not always punish your the player characters for getting involved in romance Because if you're always punishing them for getting, you know, for being interested in people or for being flirty or whatever, then they're going to really resent it. They're going to stop doing it and they're going to have a very negative response. Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, I think if the moment you start trying to punish people for interacting, that's just... Anytime you're trying to punish players, per se, like deliberately, is... ...can be a problem anyway. But you know giving your characters a chance like characters should always have a chance to make things work even if it means sacrificing some of the things that they want it might not succeed like they should have the chance to make it work Yes, maybe maybe die rolls go awry and it doesn't work or maybe something terrible happens and you know things change and maybe feelings change but and you know maybe they won't get to keep everything that they wanted to keep you know like for example being able to be with a human would mean, you know, I could do it, but I will not be first in my clan anymore. But I could go do other things instead, and I'd, in fact, have a lot of other opportunities at my disposal.
2: A lot and, of choices.
3: Yeah, it's it means... And it's like in, in any real life. It's like you're going to have some... You, the The fantasy part is, you know, giving them always the chance, and I think that's important, though, because this is a fantasy world, and people are trying to find... Fun, you know, a fun, fantastical way to express themselves, especially when it comes to relationships in this particular topic.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, but that's one thing that I had to I had to mention, especially you know, before this you know wraps up. there's a lot of people who have been burned by GMs in one way or another um because they they showed an interest in the GM just thought that that was an excuse to murder or otherwise abuse the characters that they were interested in. And that is a really unfair thing to do.
3: Ugh, if you've got a GM like that, you need to talk with them very seriously. And then if that doesn't work, you need to find a new GM. Because for relationships and things like that, having a GM who is sort of, quote unquote, out to get the players is going to make things very difficult from the get-go.
2: And as a GM, if you've been doing that, If you look at your behavior and you see that it's always negative when relationships come up you have to look at yourself and examine why and if you really don't want to be in to do it then you need to let your players know that you really don't want to be involved so that you don't keep abusing them because of it exactly just be aware everybody be aware
3: speaking of everybody being aware um, important tips, and by important tips, it's really just one very big important tip that we're going to talk about, and that we, is—we've
1: kind of already, hit yeah, it a we talked times, about but... it. We're going
3: to talk about it again. Consent, consent, consent. You are playing a game with other real living people, and these kinds of interactions, even in the context of a game, can get tricky. Make sure that during your session zero, which we strongly recommend you have, during session zero, make sure that all of the participants in the game are comfortable with and agree upon. A particular level of emotional or romantic presence in the story. Never, ever, ever pressure someone into a romantic role. Never. Sure. Don't do it. And some people, even though they know they're role playing, can have some bad reactions to this kind of thing. So check in with your players, especially e- if you're going to have stuff like uh, infidelity or abuse. Are like you know things like that are likely to surface. Make sure that your players know that from the get-go, and that they are completely and actively saying that this is something that they are okay with, because the last thing you want to do is m- take one of your players who came to you to
2: have a good time and bring up some sort of traumatic experience. And even if, I mean, if you uh, can't get a hold of them face-to-face, even if you have to email, yes, um, that, you know, just make contact with them and make sure that they're actually
1: okay. Mm-hmm. It Eventually. might also be good to do it um personally. No? Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say yeah. that.
3: Don't do it as a group because yeah. there could be pressure. Talk to each player individually when there's a chance for them to say, you know, I'm not comfortable with this, away from their friends. Like yeah. and if you if somebody looks like they might be starting to become uncomfortable, check on them.
2: If like, you have to if you have happen. to like pause the game, hey, we're gonna have a break, you know, let's let's go and get some food or whatever. Yeah. And pull them aside are you okay exactly and
3: if you're a player and you find a situation in game is bringing up some bad things for you or is making you uncomfortable in a way you weren't expecting talk to your gm you're here to have fun and your gm is here to have fun with you this is supposed to be a safe place of expression for everybody and if you tell your gm or email them later or talk to them and communicate it in whatever method you most prefer then they can help ensure that you feel safe and ready to play.
1: We only want to hurt fictional feelings, <laughs> yeah. not real ones. Not the
3: real ones, just the just the fictional ones. Your character <laughs> needs to cry, but you don't.
1: <laughs>
2: and uh, another important thing, if you see another player who seems very uncomfortable don't be afraid as a player to approach them and say, are you okay with this mm-hmm. um if you need to talk to the dm but the player is afraid to or doesn't want to make a fuss but they really seem uncomfortable mm-hmm. don't let somebody sit there and be you know not have fun because they're they're too afraid to speak up mm-hmm. that's, exactly that's one thing i've seen come to bear in things like this
1: Definitely, mm-hmm. we are playing a dark fantasy game, so a lot of um, dark stuff is going to show up. So, um,
3: well, it may show up. That's why may. you talk to your. It's true. Pl- that's why you it's talk true. to your players at session zero.
1: It's supposed to be dark fantasy, but we, of course, can you because can we have change com- the level yeah. of dark? We have complete control over it because we're playing a role playing game. We can change the level of dark.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not an on off switch. It's like a dimmer.
1: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. There we go. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes, absolutely.
2: And
3: I think think
1: that we are all smooched out. All smooched or punched or. Unsmooched. Smooch punched? (laughs) Smunched. (laughs) We're all smunched out. (laughs) We're all smunched out. Oh, it's
2: late enough in the evening, isn't it? (laughs) It is. It is late for
3: us. That is for sure. It's time to pumpkin. It Mm. is. It is definitely time to go become a pumpkin. Yep. And by that I mean sleep in a bed. That sounds not nice. what pumpkins
2: do, but <laughs> I'm going to do it. It's not what the heroes in Ferelden do either, but, yeah, you They know. don't
3: usually get beds.
2: Very rare. Yeah. Yep.
3: But uh, thank you so much for joining us, everybody, and thank you so much to Kismet Rose for joining us yet again. We love having you on here. It's great.
2: Thank you for inviting me, especially for this topic. It's near and dear to me and, and continually a part of my experience. So I always want to welcome people to try it out and to have fun with it because some of our greatest stories ever, like Romeo and Juliet and King Arthur, uh, so many of these stories have romance as their, you know, really high points as something very important to everything. And that's not a mistake. It's not. It's, it's really not. not. So thank you guys. Well, we knew we had to have you on for this one. Yay! Yay! I am known for a, a number of things. Romance is one of them. You know, romance, sex, bacon. You know,
3: there, if I could pick three things in the world, those would be near the top of my list. Those are all good things those that are make people nice happy.
2: Those are pretty nice things to have. I'm a pretty lucky woman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you
2: are.
3: <laughs> we were lucky to have you on our podcast. Thank you. Well,
1: thank you so
2: much. Thank you, guys. And thanks to the, lis- the listeners as well.
1: Yes, thank you, everybody. Uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off before we keep rambling up into the night. Uh, this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die.
2: This is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels. This is Kismet Rose. Dice and Dreams, everyone. Have a great night. Or day. Or whatever time it is for you. It's late for
1: us. <laughs> Especially if you got some romance.
3: Have a good
0: one.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.